Welcome to the Thelcom Podcast. Now, here's a question for you. Who doesn't want to live a great life? Surely we all want to live a wonderful life. And this podcast is all about the ingredients for a great life. We'll be sharing the detail of tools, tactics, techniques, mindsets that you can consider and adopt if you like them to create your own great life. We'll be interviewing kind-hearted people who want to share their ideas, their stories and their methods with you. You are listening to the Thelcom Podcast and your host is David Lilly. After listening to this podcast, there's a strong chance that you'll develop a totally different attitude towards how you use and invest your time. I really do hope that this is the outcome and that you remember this podcast as a defining influencer, the turning point in your attitude towards making the very best use of your time. It's totally true to say that time is our most precious asset. Unfortunately, many people don't seem to appreciate this reality until it's too late, and their time, and by that I mean their life, is about to expire. Many people use their time in pursuit of things they instinctively feel are important. Later on in life they reflect and go on to conclude just how much time they wasted during their younger years. The reality is that, in the grander scheme of things, there's nothing more important than a person's time. We should all be more conscious of just how valuable our time is and treat it like the extremely rare and precious commodity that it is. At the very basic level, we all know that time is made up of seconds, minutes, hours, days, weeks, months, years, decades half centuries and centuries. Quite a long list of different time measurements there, isn't there? We also know that, if we're very lucky, we get to live to the ripe old age of around 90 years. Now, at the time of recording this podcast, the average life expectancy of a person living in the UK is approximately 80 years for a man and around 83 years for a woman. Now, in less privileged and deprived countries, countries where the medical care is not as robust and food supply and hygiene is poor, the average life expectancy drops alarmingly. For example, if you lived in the Central African Republic, the average life expectancy is 46 years. Not only do these poor people have to live in such poverty, they get almost half the lifespan of an average British person. It's very easy to overlook the fact that the average UK long-living lady has 30,295 days in her life. Those of us who are around 50 years old right now, therefore, like me, have only around 11,000 days left to get to the age of 83, which is the age of my mum currently, if we're lucky to live that long, of course. Now, when we think about time in this context, many of us become acutely aware and probably pretty somewhat scared about just how quickly an average human life comes and goes. My respectful suggestion is that you make every day count towards something enjoyable and memorable in your life. Extract as much value as you can from every waking hour and from every minute of your precious days. We should all seek to maximise the joy that we get from our life. It's for this reason I call my formula the Thelcom Time Optimization Formula. The word optimization is key here. So for the avoidance of any doubt or confusing, I'm suggesting you squeeze every morsel of value and enjoyment from every moment of your life, if you possibly can. You should especially focus 
how you invest your time around your key life desires and the life philosophy that you've evaluated and settled upon. Now, if you're curious about the term life philosophy and what this really means, I shared my thoughts on this very subject in my last Thelcom podcast. Perhaps you might want to go back and take a listen to it if you haven't done so already. It's easy to find in the list of previous Thelcom podcasts that are located on iTunes or whichever podcast engine that you're using. Now, before we get into the detail of my Thelcom time optimization formula, I think it's very important to cover the subject of sleep, and you'll soon discover why. Now, we all know how important it is for a healthy human being to get an adequate amount of sleep each day. Of course, this permits us to function with energy and, and vitality. The challenge is that the sleep requirements of individual people varies. There is a commonly held view that we need to try and get eight hours sleep a night. However, there are a variety of different research sources that give us different suggestions on this subject. Now, there's a useful website called thesleepdoctor.com, and you can use this speciality service to establish your optimum sleep requirements. My own view is that I want to get the adequate amount of sleep. I don't want to oversleep and lose my conscious living time, but I do want to feel good whilst I'm awake. As an example, sleeping an average of seven hours per day, which is probably an accurate average for me, I've slept an incredible 15.25 years and almost 30% of my life. This is a staggering amount of time relative to the 51 years that I've lived. From my own perspective, I feel confident that the amount of sleep that best suits my body is between six to six and a half hours. I've learned that if I consistently sleep for eight or nine hours per night, such as when I'm on holiday, I actually become lethargic. The more sleep I get, the more tired and energyless that I become. From time to time, I enjoy having a lie-in and feel refreshed for the occasional 11am Sunday morning rise, but this happens pretty infrequently. More often than not, I wake up naturally around 6.30am each day. This seems to occur and is irrespective of what time I get to sleep, which is usually around the midnight mark. I'm actually pleased that I appear to need less sleep. I like the thoughts of being up and about and living and enjoying my life. And as I speak these words to you, I'm reminded of the lyrics from a famous Bon Jovi song, Live whilst we're alive and sleep when we're dead. The point I'm trying to make about getting the sleep balance correct is that we spend a huge amount of our lifetime laid in bed. If this is not time that we actually really need to sleep, then of course we'd be far more productive by being up and about. I've lost count of the times when I've worked from 6am to 10am to get quality work done or to fit in a beautiful, calming country walk. By 10am, the average UK office worker is just finishing off their first coffee for the day. More often than not, I'm at least three hours into productivity, living, loving, sharing, and experiencing life. So one of the first clear recommendations of this podcast is to properly evaluate how much sleep you need and make sure you're not sleeping for sleeping's sake. Pay attention to your body during the days where you've had more or less sleep. Scribble down the number of hours in your journal. Pay attention to how you feel and settle on what sleep you really need. Note down the days when you feel more energetic, when you've more vitality, when your mind feels sharper and you feel in a generally better mood. If this feeling occurs frequently after you've enjoyed a specific amount of sleep, there's a strong indication that you'll have discovered your optimum sleep requirement. As we've established earlier in the podcast, with a UK lady's life consisting of 83 years or just over 30,000 days, 
it's very important that you respect your time. Time is something you can never claw back once you've used it, and you cannot accurately predict how much time you'll be allocated, so don't take it for granted, or expect that it will just keep coming. It can be snatched away or shortened very quickly. It's for this reason it's so very important that you plan and you invest your time wisely and for maximum enjoyment. I'm now going to get more into time optimization techniques. Firstly, let me emphasize how valuable it is to set aside what I call thinking time. I do a huge amount of my thinking and planning when I'm out walking. This is usually first thing in the morning, but sometimes later at night, especially in the summer months, if my work schedule has not allowed me to squeeze in my preferred morning walk. This walk is good for my health and my clarity of thought. As I think about this planning time approach, I can reflect back on some of the courses that I've been on during my corporate career. There's one particular course that stands out proud in my memory, and I'd like to share the story with you. We were down in South Wales at a place called St. David's on a team-building exercise. The course leader, a guy called Andy, carved us up into four-person teams, and we were set a task to design and build a type of catapult. The objective was to create a catapult to shoot a two-foot wooden arrow. The winning team would be the one that could create the catapult to thrust the wooden arrow the furthest distance. Our team was made up of four ambitious and I would say intelligent people, including myself. hope you don't mind me saying that. To win the competition, we immediately knew we would have a better chance if we took some time to plan how we were going to use the materials that we'd been provided to build our catapult. The other three teams were made up of different types of characters. They chose not to spend any time planning and set about the task of immediately experimenting and building their catapult. In sharp contrast, our team got on the flip chart in the meeting room. We sketched out some drawings of what we could build with the items we'd been allocated. I'd guess we spent about 10 minutes doing this, and after this short session, and a bit of healthy debate, we didn't agree necessarily, a diagram emerged of what we felt we could build, and we then set about the task of getting our catapult built to the agreed plan. In seemingly no time at all, we had built our simple machine, and it was simple. It wasn't complicated at all, and we carried it over to the grass lawn outside to excitedly fire our wooden arrow. We were by far the quickest team to build our catapult, and we shot our arrow with pride. This training course was almost 20 years ago, and I had a more competitive ego back then. Our team cheered and celebrated like premiership footballers who'd scored a great goal from 35 yards. From memory, our arrow flew, actually, about 30 metres. The other teams took at least 15 minutes longer than us to build their catapults. One of the contraptions, I remember, dropped to pieces as they tried to carry it to the lawn shooting area. Not one of the other teams got within 15 metres of our wooden arrow's distance. In the analysis that took place after the catapult exercise, the leader of the course made positive observations about how we'd used our time much more efficiently. We planned our project. We were the last to start building but the first to finish and our catapult was twice as effective as the best of the three other teams. I've observed similar scenarios to this many times in my life. I've seen individuals or organisations invest huge time to mapping out tasks. This is almost always time well spent and has frequently saved substantial amounts of time in the longer run. Taking the time to organise your resource and structure an implementation plan is very simple but incredibly powerful advice for me to offer to you. Optimising your time is not all about work or business. 
you have just the one life. And I've always believed that we should work to live a happy and fulfilling life, not live to work a thoughtless and frustrating life. At the end of our lives, very few of us look back and wish that we'd worked more hours. We look back and wish we'd travelled more, spent more leisure time, seen our families more, had more fun. With this in mind, I encourage you to plan your life in such a way that you can get the most enjoyment from it. For example, ask yourself questions such as these. Number one, how might your 10-mile car journey allow you to take in a wonderful scenery while still getting you to your destination, even if that journey takes the same amount of time or a little bit longer? You've gotten to feast your eyes on things that make you feel inspired. This is a 10-mile journey for maximum enjoyment. Number two, when you hold a business meeting, number two, where might you hold a business meeting where you could feel energizing and inspired? This might be a walk in the countryside, meeting with your colleagues or sitting in the sunshine overlooking a lake type of meeting. You don't need to meet in the office or a coffee shop or a hotel foyer if the weather's nice. Number three, what more activities could you choose to squeeze into your life if you got out of bed two hours earlier each day? And number four, if you're away on business, how can you plan some leisure time and enjoy your temporary new environment instead of just spending 12 hours in the office or meetings? Sometimes on my walks I take a leather satchel and a Wi-Fi keyboard. I then find a spectacular spot on my country walk and I've been known to sit for a few hours writing under a tree on my smartphone. My philosophy is this, if I have to work for money, which I do, then why not work in nature when I can? This summertime, as we all know, we've had a magnificent summer. I spent literally weeks working outside on my patio with the sun shining down onto me and the breeze and being able to take phone calls from the comfort of a very comfortable chair in my shorts and flip-flops. It's always important that you consciously consider how using your time can benefit you. Try not to just invest your time without consideration. Your time is just too precious for that. As you'll have established from listening to previous podcasts, being a kind and a giving person is very important to me. But at the same time, we all have our own life, our own desires, and our own families to think about. I respectfully feel we should all allocate some consistent time to helping others. And I do. And I do it for no expectation of a return. And I do this quite simply because this is good for my soul. It feeds my essential human need for contribution. But for everything else, be certain to include a factor that considers how the use and the investment of your time can benefit you, your family and your loved ones. Another important aspect of time optimization is considering the question surrounding the definite consequences of using your time towards any activity or task. When we go about our day, sometimes we're not certain that investing our time can give us a worthwhile or beneficial outcome. Sure, we've all had the days we've gone to a meeting or we've done a task and we've said, well, that was a complete waste of time. Often we use our time on projects where the outcome is by no means certain. Some people say this is a speculation to accumulate attitude. There's nothing badly wrong with this approach to life and let's not forget that many of life's greatest success stories have hinged around people experimenting with their time. For example, in the year 1879, the light bulb would not have been created if Thomas Edison had not invested many hours conducting over a thousand experiments. These were experiments that failed over and over again before Edison finally found how he could generate light from electricity. And as Edison famously said, these experiments were not failures. They were each progress towards the successful outcome 
of finding a working light bulb. Of course, not everyone can come up with historical new inventions like Edison. If you dedicated all of your time to projects with uncertain outcomes, you'd be potentially wasting your life. It's about getting this time ratio split correct and pursuing opportunities with realistic prospects for success. Sometimes it's wise to invest your time in projects or pastimes that offer more certainty around the outcome. As an example, you'd be well served choosing to invest some of your time on your personal health and fitness. This might include spending an hour walking in the morning or going to the gym on a regular basis. The definite outcome of this time investment is this exercise practice should improve your health, giving you more time and a longer life. Now, research is showing that some people can add 10 years to their life with a more health-focused mindset and exercise regime, not to mention food. This focus on the definite consequence of using your time is something that you should always consider. As well as looking at the definite consequence of using your time, I'd also encourage you to look at the potential consequences of how you use your time. If at all possible, it would always be best if you could use your time on projects and activities where there is a greater chance of a definite outcome. However, from time to time, we all use our time on something which is more about the potential outcome. Also, let's not forget that we all enjoy elements of surprise in our lives. As an example, a holiday to a new destination may throw up delightful new places to visit and experiences that we didn't expect to enjoy. A trip to the cinema reveal a film with an indefinite outcome. We watch our favourite sports teams in the hope they'll win. This type of uncertainty entertains and stimulates us and we need some of that in our lives. As an example of this speculation in my own life, I'm currently working alongside a few other people on two projects, business ventures I would call them. Alongside the teams involved, we've done our very best to research these business ideas to establish the demand in the marketplace, to set our activities to deliver real value to our customers. We're progressing with these projects with the mindset that they are high potential. The consequences of us investing time in these projects could be amazing for everyone involved, but it's important to point out that high potential projects do not have any guarantees of a definite consequence. The only thing that is definite is that we'll learn good lessons along the way and hopefully this considered well-meaning gambling of some of our time will be fruitful. It's also wonderful that one of these projects is all about helping other people and sharing information with them. If you're going to get into time optimization in using the planning method, it's important you stick to this plan. Otherwise, you've just wasted your time planning your time. And remember, we never want to waste time if we can avoid it. I despise wasting my time. It's the thing that frustrates me the most. Effective time optimization is about sensible plans that you can adhere to. In the day of the smartphone, many of us are suffering from addiction to social media. We cannot leave our phones alone for more than 10 minutes at a time. To optimize your time, you must overcome this smartphone addiction and sometimes turn off your telephone. Resist being dragged to the phone working through your task list and if you want to use your smartphone allocate some time in your day to allow for this effective time optimization makes allowances for taking lots of phone calls having visitors for investing an hour in responding to emails that you didn't expect to receive of course dealing with phone calls and answering emails is important and you must schedule these into your work optimization plan and not just deal with them randomly especially if it means neglecting to focus and one of the priority items in your plan. So I'm clear in my message here, after you've made your plan, turn off your phone, 
keep away from your email and social media until the allocated time. There are many different methods out there for time management. I said at the start of this podcast that I prefer to think of it as time optimization. In other words, extracting the most value possible from your time. In the show notes to this podcast, you'll find the link to a page on my Thelcom website. This takes you to a downloadable time planning form. Now, it's completely free of charge. I'm not going to ask you to pay for it. And you can print this off and use it every day if you wish. You'll find this Thelcom time optimization formula life-changing and hugely beneficial if you use it with discipline. Let me walk you through what this form consists of. It actually has seven columns. In the first column to the left-hand side is a space for you to write down the various tasks that you have to work through in any given day or week. As you make your list, it's not necessarily important that you try to put them in order of priority at this stage. We're going to do that later. Simply empty your brain of all the important personal and work tasks in that first column on the left. Be sure to include in aspects such as your personal health, wellness and fitness. In other words, time invested in going to the gym and eating healthy and family time is essential. The second column is a simple question of is this a work or a personal task? The third column is the considered benefit of conducting the task to you. Now, this column you need to give a score of 1 to 5 on the item. 1 is low benefit to you, and 5 is a high benefit to you. The fourth column simply asks the question, is there a definite deadline? A score of 1 means that there is no deadline, and a score of 2 means there is a deadline. The fifth column is called clarity of consequence. As we mentioned earlier, if you're going to invest your time in anything, how clear are you on the consequences of this task? Will investing time in this task give you a definite outcome? If you're totally unclear about the outcome, then score one out of five. If you are profoundly and very clear on the consequences, then give it a score of five, a higher score. Now, simply add up the scores in the columns. Each line will have a score maximum of 12 points. If an item has 12, it has the highest score possible, and so carries high priority. You would typically then place the task high in the order of importance that you would tackle the tasks. This approach is actually very simple when you will look at and download the form. It may sound complicated in an explanation provided on an audio podcast, but you quickly understand it when you see the downloaded form. And it will literally take you a few minutes to create your daily to-do list and your time optimization plan. As we consider the alternatives to this method of time optimization, I know that many people make a simple list of tasks through some sort of prioritization process in their head. They don't have a formula for adding an importance or benefit ranking to the task. In your new Thelcom time optimization formula, you have three key measures. The benefits to you, whether there is an essential deadline attached to the task or not, and the level of clarity you have in the definite outcome of the task. These three simple measures will give you a conscious checklist that enables you to maximise the value from your time and your life. It's clear to see this method works for aspects such as your personal health, as well as it does for the work tasks. For example, people that work in office jobs live what is known as a sedentary life. It's very important to get the exercise they need, and they need to move their body. Now, my job sees me spend many hours travelling or sat at my desk. I'm all too familiar with the challenges this creates for levels of a health and exercise. So as I write this task on my Thelcom time optimization plan, this daily walk has a high rating and it's got a very high benefit to me. 
Moving my body, getting exercise are essential aspects of my existence and have a health benefit to me that I regard very highly. It's also important that this task gets completed every day and carries an essential deadline. I'm pretty clear as well that the compound impact of walking four miles a day almost every day is positive for my body's cardiovascular system, my joint health and my general health. You can sense I have total clarity on the consequences of this task, of this action. It's clear also it's a personal task, but it's an important one, and it ranks very highly on my list of essential tasks to get completed each day. I trust my podcast and some of my considered thoughts towards effective time optimization have really given you some food for thought. Too many people get sucked into spending all of their time working, having not thought enough of the personal and family benefits that everyone needs in their life. Try to remember that your time is an unknown commodity. You will never know how much of it you're going to be allocated, and for this reason you should treat it with such incredible care. As I said earlier at the end of your life, I can promise you now, there'll be one wish that's right at the front of your mind. This thought, this wish, will be that you could and should have taken in more of the enjoyable aspects of living. Take some time to visit the show notes that brought you to listen to this podcast and you'll find the link we talked around directly to the Thelcom website. The Time Optimization Formula Worksheet is there for you to download for free with just one click. It's a simple Microsoft Word document and so you can use it either on your smartphone, your PC or you can print it off and fill it in with a pen if you prefer. My website does not ask you to leave your personal details or email address to gain access to the form. Simply click on the link and download it anonymously. When you have downloaded the Thelcom Time Optimization form, you'll see it's incredibly simple. I've tried not to impress you with fancy graphic and design, but please don't look at the form and judge it based on its appearance. If you take a week and you discipline yourself to use the Thelcom Time Optimization formula, I guarantee you that you'll feel a massive benefit and it will change the way you plan, manage and optimize your time for the rest of your life. My name is David Lilly. I am the creator of the Thelcom formula and the author of the up and coming book, The Ingredients for a Great Life. I'd like to say a huge thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast all about time optimization. If you've enjoyed it and you feel there are people you know who are poor time managers, poor time optimizers, and you think they would get a benefit from listening to this podcast, then why not think of five people and share it with them, please? Also, if you've really enjoyed it yourself, I would be more than grateful, delighted if you could write me a positive review on iTunes. Until next week, have a wonderful week in October, and I wish you all the best.